wonderful. We just got an embarrassment of riches when it comes to, to music around here. Don't y'all think so? Yes. So, yeah. Also, I want to say um, a thanks for the beauty of the flowers on the altar today. Uh, fall colors are my favorite. And I did not know that I shared a birthday, Mark, with your dad. Uh, so, Mr. James B. Condras, thank you, Condras family, for these beautiful flowers. And uh, I'll remember that, and that'll be special for me. On November the 19th, by the way, is um, it's not a national holiday, but it probably should be. Um, just putting that little birdie out there for y'all. All right. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16 will be our scripture for today. It'll be up on the screen for you if you want to follow along on your Bible app on your phone or just listen. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in all but each of us was given grace according to the measure of christ's gift therefore it is said when he ascended on high he made captivity itself a captive he gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro, blown about by every wind and doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was a young pastor, I got called into my district superintendent's office um, about appointment making season and he looked at me and he said son I've got an opportunity for you and then just, just a little side note anytime your boss calls you in and says they have an opportunity for you you better beware so um, so he said I've got an opportunity for you and and he sent me to this church and it was an opportunity uh, it, it was quite an opportunity I met with the staff parish committee uh, when I first went there, and I had an elderly gentleman come up to me and say, Preacher, you're going to like it here. We're just one big family. Of course, he didn't tell me that it was sort of like the Adams family. Da-da-da-dum. Da-da-da-dum. 
I mean, there was, we'll just call him Uncle Fester, was the chairman of the administrative board. <laughs> and uh, he and, and his relative, we'll just call him Cousin It, <laughs> was the chairman of the trustees. And every time we had a meeting, I thought the two of them were literally going to come to fist fights. I, I thought any minute here, we're going to just have a full-on brawl. Don't even get me started on the choir director, Morticia. <laughs> you get the idea. And I'm only half joking, y'all, just half joking. But the point is, the church is a family. It's just not always a healthy one. Now, somebody said, uh, our church is kind of like, uh, our family is kind of like grandma's Christmas fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. <laughs> y'all didn't laugh at that. I don't know. <laughs> So what do I mean when I say the church is a family? I looked it up in the dictionary. I don't, something you don't think about very much. I looked it in the dictionary, and Webster's Dictionary says a family is a group consisting of parents and children living together in a household. And I thought, hmm, that's not necessarily a good description of a church, although I have been in some churches where they said everybody was related to everybody and just about was. Maybe that's not exactly what I mean when I say the church is a family. And then I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary, and it said this, and this is probably more fitting. A family is a group of people, sometimes of the same blood, sometimes not, who genuinely love, trust, and look out for each other. And then it went on to say a family is not to be mistaken with relatives sharing the same household who hate each other. Okay. But a group of people, sometimes of the same blood, genuinely love, trust, and look out for each other. I think when I say the church is a family, what I mean is what Paul meant in Ephesians 4, 6. He said, we all have one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. We are a family because we trace ourselves back to one God and Father. We all share a Heavenly Father who is above all of us and who works in all of us and who works through all of us. And that gives us unity as a church family. So when we worship, we connect with God and with one another. When, when God works in us, then we all grow together and we get to experience that. And then when we serve one another, then God works through us. And a healthy family is a church family that celebrates all of that. Now, when I say we're all a family, I mean all, all of us. Uh, some people don't, don't see it that way. I'm, I recently put something on social media, one on my Facebook, about something about we are, we're all God's children. And then uh, a friend of mine who, who looks at this differently theologically than I do uh, dropped down in the comment box uh, John 1.12. Um, I know what John 1.12 says. It says... Uh, but to all who receive him, talking about Jesus, who believe in his name, he gave power to become the children of God. This friend's take on things was that only people who believe are God's children. But I would say, if you back up a little bit from John 1.12 and say, look at John 1.3 that says, All things, all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. So my take on it is, if all things come into being through God, then all people come into being through the Father, the one Father, and that if there's not one thing that comes into being that is not from the God, 
then not one person came into being that wasn't from God the Father. And so if we all came into being through God the Father, then are we not all at least in essence God's children? Even if we don't know it yet? Even if we are estranged from God? Even if we live off in the far country away from the Father? Even before we believe, don't we at least still belong? So I'm not discounting at all being born again by water and the Spirit. We must be born spiritually from above, and not everyone is. I know that. But when I say church family, I'm talking about a connection. I'm talking about belonging. And in a healthy church family, in a healthy church family, you can belong even before you believe. Because you know what? Just like in your your nuclear family, not everybody is at the same level of maturity in body, mind, and spirit. We all know that. And we welcome everybody where they are. That's why in a healthy church family, we instead of putting up more walls, we put up more tables and chairs. And we say, welcome. This is your family. So the church is a family. But the church is also uniquely the body of Christ. I say uniquely because there are other organizations that call themselves a family. Uh, Sororities and fraternities and sports teams. And I mean, even the mafia calls itself a family, right? But the church is the only family that I know of that is also the body of Christ. So today I am thankful for the unity that binds the body of Christ. Listen again to verses 3 through 6 from Ephesians 4 we read earlier. Making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, there is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Did you notice how many times Paul used the word one there? I actually counted them up. Uh, because I'm kind of a nerd like that. It, he uses it seven different times in that short passage, in those three verses, making every effort to maintain the unity. Does unity require effort? Sure it does. Because we live in divisive times, don't we? We live in divisive times. What I wish that we could remind ourselves sometimes is that you can have unity without having uniformity. We all don't see things the same way, do we? Uh, And we don't have to, because diversity is good. Some people don't believe that, but I wanna say diversity is good. When you go, and I like to think in terms of music sometimes, and I think in terms of an orchestra. When you have an orchestra, you have woodwinds, you have brass, you have percussion, you have strings. If you don't have all of that, If you only have one of those groups, you might have an ensemble, but you don't have an orchestra because an orchestra requires diversity. And each musician in each section plays their part. Not everyone plays the melody. Wouldn't that be boring if everyone just got together and they all played the melody? But when each diverse instrument plays its part under the direction of one conductor, then that unity brings that peace alive and everyone gets to experience the beauty. So in the body of Christ, in the church, we don't have unity of opinion. We don't have 
unity of gifts, but we have unity of the Spirit. There's one Spirit. We have unity of our calling. We have one hope in our calling. We're all trying to get to the same place. We have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's Father of all. You see, there's the unity that binds us. And then I'm also thankful for the diversity that blesses us. Uh, Paul, in one of his most famous passages about the body of Christ in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, The body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot would say, Because I'm not hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it less a part of the body. If the ear would say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. Aren't you thankful for the diversity in the body of Christ, for the diversity of gifts that we have? Aren't you thankful that there are people who are good at, at providing music in our service today? Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you thankful that... There are some people who are good with computers. I need some people like that in my life. Aren't you glad that there are people that are good at taking care of babies and people who are good at cooking and people that know how to fix things and build things? We are different from each other, but we all depend on each other. That's how the body works. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a gift. To each one, grace has been given, Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 7. And not the same gifts, not the same grace. There are some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I'm thankful for all that. And then thirdly, I'm thankful for the maturity that builds the body. These gifts in 4.11, Ephesians 4.11, that are mentioned, the, the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers... These are the ones that are usually talked about in terms of your leadership and your pastors and your ministry staff. But, you know, it's not the job of our pastors and our ministry staff to do all of the ministry that needs to be done in Gadsden and around the world. It's not our job to do all of the ministry. These gifts are there to, as Ephesians 4.12, so that we can equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. If your ministers are doing what we are called to do, then we will be helping to equip the whole body for the work of ministry. And if the body of Christ is healthy and doing what it's supposed to do, it will be growing in Christ so that it can serve as Christ. Growing and maturing and building the body. That's what it's all about. Listen to how Paul describes it. The maturing and building body is growing in knowledge and maturity, no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and growing up into every way into the head, into Christ. Christ is the head of the body, not the preacher, not the bishop. Christ is the head of the body. And Christ wants his body, the church, to be in service, to serve. I want to share something that was written back in the 16th century by St. Teresa of Avila. I have this written in your outline if you want to, to take it with you. She writes, uh, Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours, 
Yours are the eyes through which the compassion of Christ must look out on the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which he is to bless people. People are counting on us, church. They're counting on us. Christ is counting on us. When I count my blessings, I count this church family, this body of Christ, and we are a family. We're a family. We're not a committee. We're not a task force. We're a family. And families can be messy, right? If you need a reminder of that, you'll get it in a few days when we gather for Thanksgiving meal, right? Families can be messy. We are the body of Christ. We're not a machine. We're not a factory. We're a body. And bodies have to be maintained and nurtured. Bodies are meant to grow and to mature and to move and to serve. But I want to say today, I've said this before, but I say it again. I'm thankful for this special, unique church family, this body of Christ, here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. How about you? Are you thankful for this family, for this church body? It is great to be a part of this church family. It's great to be a part of a body whose stated mission is to change lives and to give hope. Don't you think that Gadsden needs that, changed lives and hope? Don't you think our world needs that? And we do that by connecting to Christ and to one another, by growing in Christ and by serving as Christ in Gadsden and in our world. I want you to know as we, as we close this service and as we prepare to sing our closing hymn, um, you are invited to be a part of this family. Uh, many of you... Uh, already are but some sometimes you you come and you you are a part and you never officially make yourself a part of the family if you want to join this church today by by the profession of your faith in christ or by the moving of your church membership from another denomination or another united methodist church i want to extend that invitation to you as we stand together and sing oh god our help in ages past number 117